Hey gang, it's John. Once again, unfortunately, we have to do another tribute episode. On the one hand, I really love doing these because I love reconnecting with our old guests and having bringing them back and paying tribute to the seminal, seminal artists of our generation. But on the other, I mean, who wants to lose someone like Eddie Van Halen? I mean, that's terrible. In a way, I think we all kind of knew this might be coming with his health being the way that it has been for so long. Anyway, when I heard about Eddie, it made total sense to me to bring back our friend Mark Torian from the Bullet Boys. Mark's paths with uh, Eddie and Van Halen have crossed several times. They shared a producer. They came up through the ranks. Bullet Boys kind of were heavily influenced by Van Halen. In fact, Van Halen were instrumental in helping them along. Now, Mark has some stories about Eddie. He didn't want to tell too many of them. He wanted to keep those personal, and I completely understand and agree with that. So this conversation is mostly just around their histories together, what Eddie means to Mark, where he stands in terms of influential guitarists and everything else. And as we usually do, we wanted to kick it off with Mark's favorite song, and we're going to end it with my... It's not my favorite, but it's one I wanted to play. So anyway, we're so grateful for people like Mark. He's such a sweetheart. We're so thankful to hear from him. Unfortunately, it's under these circumstances, but who doesn't love Eddie Van Halen? It's just great to talk about him. Hope you guys enjoy this. What's the song that turned you on to Van Halen? That's really a difficult question. I would say I'm the one off the first record. Really? Nice. Yeah. Good pick. There's just something about that song that, I don't know, I really grabbed onto. Um, Yeah. You know, uh, as far as... uh, the lyrics and l- lyrical context, but especially the, uh, the bombastic, mm. just like from the cosmos mm-hmm. guitar playing that <laughs> no one's ever heard. I mean, eruption. I, I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, that's yeah. the first thing I've ever heard, and, and that was incredible. But to hear someone playing the riffs that he plays so in 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 one on on the on the one is yeah. That's like my. I think that's one of my favorite favorite solos of his. Good. I love that so, pick. Right? Yes. I mean, shit, it's just so good. It, 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 it just, every moment, it's just di- something different in each thing. Yeah. And the scales he plays, yeah. uh, not scales, but the note selections yeah. are just uncanny. I just, yes. it's so like spooky. You know? Well, let's, let's go back to the beginning for you. Cause you're a kid in LA and in the late seventies, I'm imagining, well, I, I mean, I think we all know Van Halen had to be a huge influence on you. So what does oh Eddie, gosh. what does that music and what does Eddie in particular mean to you as a budding musician who's trying to find their way? I would, well, let's go back to growing up in Montebello and just, you know, I remember 1979, 80, right, right before, I think with their first record hit or 78, I used to see, I was just telling this to my girl, you could hang posters on mm-hmm. telephone poles, the wooden mm-hmm. ones, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> back in the Stone Age. And you would, they would tack them up with a nail or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I always remember seeing those all over the place. Van Halen, Backyard Party. And then mm-hmm. they would have the directions on the flyer, right? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. They'd have the street name and everything. And then it'd be, there'd be like a little star or a little circle or a square or something. And this is the house, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it would always say, bring your uh, uh, BYOB, bring your own booze. Yeah. And it would say like, two dollars or five bucks or you know yeah and it's and it would be oh what was the other thing i was t- i was thinking in my mind of of that those posters and it would i want to say eight o'clock till and there would be 
no time. So, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> so and oh, I learned great. from that very much. So when I started a yeah. band and we did backyard parties, I would always use that same, you know, uh-huh. format for it, you know. But it was really cool. It was like, uh, to, you know, when you grow up in Montebello, it's a stone's throw away from Pasadena, Monterey Park, mm-hmm. uh, Arcadia. And, uh, you know, they played in my hometown. I mean, they played mm-hmm. backyards there when I was mm-hmm. real young and couldn't even get in, you know, so yeah. to these places. So those are the things that I really remember and, and mm-hmm. when the first record first came out. I know my one of my best friends, Ron, uh, Ron Terrazas, he had this old, you know, like vinyl playing stereo, the wooden mm-hmm. ones, you know, these mm-hmm. old mm-hmm. archaic things. And yeah. his was rad, though. Like he fixed the speakers were just different. And, nice. you know, and he just kept on just screaming at me that he had the first band here on record. And I have to come over to the house to hear it. Yeah. I have to be there. Right. So I remember him playing that to, at like 730 in the morning before we we're going to school and him just playing this thing so bloody loud. His mom <laughs> screaming at him upstairs. Turn that shit down. Come on. Gosh, damn it. You know, and he's yeah. like, I don't care. He turned it louder. You know, <laughs> he was just, he goes, I have to hear this every time before I, you know, before I go to school. Totally. This is my new band. I, I worship this band, right? <laughs> and then the next one, they start playing the B-52s. That was his other thing. Oh, okay. Like, and so it's both of those bands, like, you know, Oh my gosh! Like I can't even tell. That was so, it. That was your childhood. That was right a there. that was a big thing. Yeah. To hear vinyl on an old, you know, straight out. You know, mm-hmm. even he told me he goes, I got new needles for it and everything, so that uh-huh. he had a brand new needle, so it's gonna scratch his record. That's the you best. Know? That's the best. But uh, that, but to hear that and uh, as a kid and mm-hmm. you're hearing the sound come out of that that you've never ever heard come out of a stereo. No, I bet. Ever, so. I bet. Um, so, were you old yeah, enough you to go. ever go to one of those high school backyard backyard parties, or was your first introduction really the first album? Pretty much the first record. I think first actually back part backyard party I went to when I wasn't supposed to mm-hmm. was with my older sister's uh, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He took me to go go to the backyard party. I don't know if he was taking care. Of, I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. But he took me to his backyard party, and uh, Black Flag was playing. Mmm, very nice. So that, that was <laughs> that, that's uh, literally one of the first bands I've ever ever seen ever saw. That's crazy. It made me a punk rock fan for life. So yeah, yeah, there you go. So what did as you're a young budding musician and you're forming your bands and I mean there were other ones obviously before Bullet Boys, but then Bullet Boys, you guys get to share a producer and Ted Templeman. I mean, how's this feeling to you when you're I'm assuming that Eddie and that band is, they're a guiding light for you. They're a goal. There's something for you to try and strive for. And here you are really walking closer to that, down that path than 99.9% of the other bands out there. How are you feeling you know, as you're doing that, this? That's just a great question. But I'd have to go back to the first time I met David and Alex when I was playing in my high school band, uh, in a three-piece high school band. And first place we ever played in Hollywood out of, out of you know, the inner city was a troubadour. You know, we would bring in some pe- some folks in there. I'd have, you know, we'd bring in some people from the inner city, Montebello, Monterey Park, all from Oak Pasadena. You know, we'd bring a lot of folks there when we finally played in Hollywood. I, granted, I was still in high school. So the first recollection that I have is us playing a show on a 
I think it was maybe a Saturday or maybe it was even a Sunday night, you know, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. And these two guys sit screaming and hollering in the in the back bar because you could see the back bar from the stage, of course. And I remember my my bass player coming up to me. He goes, "Oh, that's Dave and Al Alex Van Halen back there." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> get, but but the lights are on, so you can't really see them. So at the end of the night, they stayed through the whole show, and we were just like blowing our stuff up. And yeah. the manager came up to us and said, "Hey, man, David Lee Roth and Alex Van Halen are sitting back there." And they, they want to buy you guys a drink. We, you know, we're lucky we were playing the club. Amazing. You know, just lying about our age and shit, you know. Sure. <laughs> of course. So we we were like scared. We're like, uh, yeah. And, and I never forget that look on Sam's face. He looks at me and he goes, "We're doing this." <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yes. We are not going to pass this opportunity. And it had to have been fucking, you know, like shit. Yeah. Easily seventy nine or something like that. Oh my so, gosh! Oh my gosh! So, so we go back and David's really so sweet, you know, and he goes, yeah. "Hey, you guys sounded incredible, you know. We loved you guys." And Alex was like, "God, you guys sounded great, you know." And he, and he goes, "Wait a minute, well, let's get the pleasantries over with." My name's David, and this is your, this is Al, your pal Al. And we're like, "Oh, God, so nice to meet you, you know." Blah, 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 blah. You guys want to do a shot with us? It's Alex. It's Alex's birthday today tonight. Uh -huh. And we're like. Oh yeah, so that's the that's when I first met them. We sat down wow. with them. Literally, the bar they closed the bar, and it was just us four sitting around. And and uh, I I got Dave was talking to my my bass player and Sam, and just chatting up a bunch of stuff. And you know, Dave speaks a couple languages, so he was he was doing doing his whole thing like that. It's really sweet. And then Alex started saying, "Listen, you know, David seen you play before," and he says, "Hey, Liz, you got to come and check out this kid that kind of plays like your brother." I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, nothing. I said, there's no way. I said, he goes, can I tell you something? What I saw tonight, he goes, that was incredible. He oh, goes, wow. I haven't seen someone play like my brother. He goes, and I see a lot of guys play, man. And, you know, someone kind of tried to. He goes, but man, you play, your playing is just great. Yeah. He was so sweet. And I was going, man, you don't mean that, man. It's like, <laughs> no, I really do. He goes, he goes, I can see you're kind of ornery too. Hey, why don't you sit down here? We need to have a talk. So, so like, no way. that was it. And, and, you know, I, I just always say this, I, they were creatures of their environment and their neighborhood. Right. When I met wow. them at a very, when they, I was very young and they were young. Mm -hmm. So I always attributed that friendship to where I grew up in Montebello. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think it was really me, but I wasn't like, I wasn't, me and Sam were, weren't like, oh my gosh, you know, all scared. There they are. You know, we were just uh -huh. like, oh shit, there's the guy. So, uh -huh. you know, there's uh -huh. the Pasadena Pistols, you know, <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, you know, and thinking, so it was, it was like that. And ever since then, you know, I was very lucky after that. Greg Jeffria from the band Angel took me underneath his wing. He was mm -hmm. like basically my mentor. Mm -hmm. He would bring uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley to come and see me play at the Troubadours uh, with the same band. And, uh, they would come, Alex would come, and it, it was just very, I was very blessed very uh -huh. early on, bro, to have some amazing, amazing people around me when I was yeah. really, really young. Yeah. So, did you uh, ever meet or hang out or socialize with Eddie? Yeah, we did a lot. He used to, him and uh, Val, when we were out on the road a couple of times, came out and visited us. But yeah, I, I got to a lot, actually. There's a lot of great stories that I would love to tell. But like I told you before, I, I really yeah. want to keep those to myself. Because I was actually telling one the other day, and people are going, 
are you freaking kidding me? I was like, no, dude. I was like, yeah. he goes, you know, I, I, I always go back to Jimmy, Deanda, uh, my brother, because he, he was there, you know, uh-huh. when, all this, when he, I pulled him in because he grew up in Montebello too. And I said, hey, man, you know, Dave's going to come pick us up in his car. The car. He said, we'll, go, we'll go hang out. You want to hang out with him? He's like, no way. Mm. He's like, yeah, come to my house. So sure enough, he'd be sitting in the back and I'd be looking at him. He'd, go, he'd be looking at that look on his face. Like, are you got to fucking be kidding me right now? We're <laughs> hanging out with the best music with Dave and Bob. And so it was, I don't know. They were all, they'd been around me for a long, long time. I think, I think yeah. the, one of the greatest stories I can tell you about Ed, first of all, Ed was the sweetest mm. and kindest dude that I ever knew. He was always very kind to me. I'm talking about, I was privileged to be around when they were playing at the farm, headlining mm. there when they were very young. And mm-hmm. you know, Rudy Learon was, was my, my brother. I still love him. Shout out to Rudy. He was Ed's first tech. And, you know, I, I'd be able just to be hanging there when they were doing sound check and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, stuff like that. So, I mean, I know a lot of people uh, later on, I just was very fortunate there. And then, with, yeah. of course, moving further on, uh, further on in, in life, you know, with the Bullet Boys, I always tell everybody, there would be no Bullet Boys if it wasn't the influence of, of me when I was really young and the music for the fellas of you know of Van Halen, man. They mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they were that thing of well, they could do it, we could do it. Yeah, all the bands. I don't care. Yeah. Motley, Guns, Allied Guns, Rat, you name it. They we would all go because of those guys. Yeah, I, even Quiet Riot. Yeah, you know, it, it, all of it. You guys were right there in the thick of it. All those, yeah, all the, yeah. You know, all those great bands before us. We were very fortunate that you know we kind of held out because we really wanted to be with Warner Brothers. We felt mm-hmm. that we were good enough show-wise and what we were doing, and uh, we weren't saturated throughout the community of, of all the clubs and everything. And you know, we had great music, and we were just thinking, man, you know, if we could if we could have Ted Templeman producing us, mm-hmm. this music would ex- this we would explode. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that came. It, it, that's what happened. Incredible. Uh, our beautiful angel, uh, God rest her soul, Roberta, Roberta Peterson, who is Ted Templeman's sister, was the first one to come into our rehearsal studio and see us. Oh, wow. And she she just loved us, and we had a great time. And back then, we used to just laugh about things, even though we were struggling. We'd make mm-hmm. everything a joke, uh-huh. so everything was funny. And so she said, "Your guys' humor is just so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so not egotistical. You know, uh-huh. I I got to get my brother to come and see you." So little did we know, lo and behold, her brother's Ted. Amazing. So we didn't know that he came in and. He's just a sweetheart. We we had the best time. Played played a you know a bunch of tunes for him, and you know he said, "Listen, when I raise my hand, I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm done for for the day of listening to music." But he's just writing stuff down and laughing, and literally right there after we finished playing, we're like had a great talk with them, vibing. It sounds great, and he just said, "Hey, how'd you guys like to do a record with me?" Amazing. And it was it was right there, dude. I, yeah, from, that's it. From what I remember, it was pretty much that simple. Yeah, but. Uh, have you read the book, by the way? There's a new book on Ted Templeman. I, um, I haven't. I I'm reading haven't. it right now, but I'm still. I haven't gotten to the Bullet Boys stuff yet, so I'm still kind oh, of early okay. on. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm always gun shy to to read those kind of things. You know, I'm I'm pretty shy when it comes to compliments and stuff like that. Really? Or even or even bad things. Yeah. I, huh. I don't like I don't like really reading 
my own press and yeah I, I could see that I, you know what i'm saying it's i know it, you're it, in it, there though i've you heard need to become just, that other dude yeah, you know? yeah i could see that i could see that yeah i haven't gotten to that part yet but i'm i'm anxious to read it about um his interactions with you let me let's talk oh, about just, eddie as a guitarist i just loved him oh he i got he taught every he taught me everything i know yeah everything yeah. i do in the studio everything writing lyrically i mean he was a to me he was like my phil jackson for me oh i uh, could see that interesting I don't, nice and you know it wasn't easy i, I, yeah. I went through a lot you know during the years that we, we were with him and you know you have a lot of you you go through different things you go through ups and downs but he was always beneficial to just let me do what i needed to do that's and sing nice. the way i wanted to sing and uh, he never stopped me from doing that so that's but uh, yeah no i i just love him to death he Good. still to this day everything that uh, we you know that i learned from him i i i still do everything yeah. from the studios to writing what have you not to sorry not to be long-winded no, i believe it i believe it he helped you guys take flight um helped you be your best um, yeah, he did. About... He was he was the he was the catalyst for us. That's uh, it. That's it. Yeah. For, to be great, you know. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's talk about Eddie as a guitarist. I mean, where sure. do you think he? I mean, I was I've been thinking about this a lot, and I feel like maybe the three most influential guitarists ever would probably be something like Chuck Berry because he introduced the world to what a guitar sounded like and could do, and then Jimi Hendrix shows people what you can accomplish with the guitar if you're creative enough. And then there's Eddie who shows what you can do if you master it. And I, and I feel like those are the three biggest, most influential guitar players ever. And Chuck is in there mostly for historic purposes. It's really Jimmy and Eddie. What Don't you think? Where do you think they fit? You know, I'm kind of like, I, I probably, you know, there's a lot of people that probably will not agree with me with this, mm. but for me, my my first my first pick he is Ed Van Halen, mm -hmm. greatest guitar player that's ever been on the face of this earth, mm. ever. Mm -hmm. Second for me would be uh, Jeff Beck. Ah. Um, third would be for me, it's a cross between Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and and every and people will go, he's crazy. No, that sounds about guitar. right. No, I play guitar many years, mm -hmm. and I do play. Mm -hmm. um, I can play a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, but I would, to me, Ed Van Halen's a goat, man. He's yeah. like Michael Jordan or or, yeah. or Kobe Bryant. You you can, he, an innovator, a, a person that did it his own way, mm -hmm. with mistakes, with faults, with everything. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, mm -hmm. the partying and and you know living life to its fullest. The greatest thing to me as a guitar player that Ed is, besides his uncanny lead playing, my favorite thing of Ed's playing it is, is his rhythm playing. That's what people keep saying. And I've never thought yeah. of that before. But that's the it's, thing. I need to listen again think, to that. I think sometimes he, he shines more as a rhythm player. But yeah. I don't know if people go, MT's nuts. But I, I, I am, but, but mm -hmm. there's just something you can't, once you hear those chords, yeah. you know, okay, the guitar playing, great, you know it. The beat mm -hmm. solo, I get it, okay. Mm -hmm. Eruption, Spanish Fly, Cathedral, mm -hmm. you, you get I get it. Mm -hmm. But it's the chords. Yeah. One of my favorite Van Halen songs was written when 
Sammy Hagar was with Van Halen. Mm-hmm. And it's a song that Ed wrote for Wolfie. And it's a song called 316. Yeah. Now, he doesn't play a single note of, of, of any lead in there. Mm-hmm. But that song is so soothing for me. Mm-hmm. It, it is, to me, it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's, I can't even equate, equate it to an alcohol mm-hmm. drink. Mm-hmm. All I can say is it's like a really good cup of English tea in the, mm-hmm. in, you know, at night or in the morning or you're just winding down and when you play it in your guitar player and, and the way you play it, it's not the easiest piece to play, but the chord progression of it is so like, okay, day, here comes the struggle, the night. <laughs> and then, that, you know, he, he writes like that and his, and his rhythm playing to me is just, I mean, <sighs> unchained. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, a Mean Street. I mean, I play that mm. riff all the time. That uh, <laughs> uh, freaking, you know, slap bass thing that he made up. Mm-hmm. Oh, no one's ever done that on a guitar. I mean, yeah, people have done it. I get it. But for him to take what he had in the beginning, and if you go way, 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 way back, he was much simpler on the guitar. Mm-hmm. But he learned more and more and different ways of playing. And he played with a lot of guys in his own neighborhood. I think one of the guys, I can't think of the name. Maybe his name was Mike Mendoza. Uh, there was a guy named Terry Kilgore that he used to play with. Uh, those are local guys mm. back in the day. Greg Leon was one of the guys on the circuit back then. The, you know, of course, Randy Rhodes, the great Randy Rhodes. But those, those guys, but Ed, his style just kept on getting better. But this one thing the foundation of that style rhythm play yeah so yeah. there you go that's it so what yeah. do you think the lasting legacy then of Eddie is going to be because I I feel like I feel like he's in pretty good shape because even though rock music doesn't hold the same place in culture that it used to I do feel like over the years bands like Van Halen and especially ACDC and Queen yeah. and these these yes. hard rock but melodic hard rock bands their profiles are rising whereas i hate to say it but a band like the rolling stones or something are not hooking younger generations like those bands are and so i feel like van halen's going to be good for at least another generation or two you know yeah absolutely because you you know you're getting the kids from the 50s 40s you're getting those kids now yeah those from that generation younger kids now and that their parents that's the music they listen to. Yeah, yeah. So they they're growing up with it, and now I, I was just I was just telling Drew, my girl, I just go. I've never seen more in all the throughout the world right now of that striped guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything striped, it's beautiful, smiling face. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get all emotional, but it's everywhere. Yeah. And that to me, right there, is his legacy. Yeah. Is that he moved everybody and and. and and I, I don't think he ever knew it. No. He was so humble and so shy mm-hmm. that it wasn't his thing to be, you know, look at me, you know. Right, like, right. You know, I've never known him to be that, that way. Yeah. But to see all that, how much he was loved, that, gen, you know, and that generation yeah. or our generation, or what, that rock generation, really, uh, to me, just said, you know what, man? Rock's not dead. Rock's more alive. Yeah. than ever. We had the passing of the great Frankie Benali also. Yes. Thank you, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest drummers in rock and roll. Yeah. You know, so you got some really heavy guys that, that passed away, but, you know, I think 
he left the legacy of me of his music. Me personally, I have a very hard time listening to Van Halen right now. Mm-hmm. But I did listen to Fair Warning, which is probably one of my one of the nice. my favorite records. Interesting. Uh, I listened to it in its entirety on vinyl the other the other day, and mm-hmm. I was just sitting there listening to it, like trying to make believe that it was my first time listening to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I do. Well, like when I was a little kid and listening to it, and all the nuances and the way he played, and you know, none of those songs were like I'm trying to write a hit song. Mm-hmm. I'm just writing music, and I'm writing a, I'm writing a song. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's rad. Right. You know, right. that's what I get out of it. Yeah. You know, one foot out the door, push comes to shove. The guitar solo and push comes to shove is probably one of the greatest melodic guitar solos mm. that I can think of. Yeah. It's just it's beautiful. Yeah. You know what I'm is. saying? Yeah, I do. It's I do. So, you know, yeah, I know you do. So it's like every time I heard that I was listening, so it's perfection. It you is. Can't even with the mistakes, it it's perfection. That's what I think you know? is kind of the uh, another piece of the legacy of Eddie, of not just Eddie Van Halen, but the band in general. And what makes him special is that he mixed the technical with the melodic in a way that other bands have Gosh. not been able to do. You know what I mean? Never. Like, like yeah. maybe a Joe Satriani or a Steve Vai are technically, yeah. but no one's yeah. listening to them because they don't do pop songs. You know? Well, it, see, those guys were so technical and, and, and great guitar players. But when Ed played a solo, it sounded like a drunken guy falling down a flight of stairs, but beautiful. Yes, and, he and landed, it fit the three or four minute song. He yes. lands on his feet and looks at you and go, hey, wasn't that rad? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I always equate that to him. He starts, he starts playing that, that drunken falling down stairs shit, and I'm in. <laughs> I'm just like, That's the best. I don't know how another way to describe it. I'm not yeah. trying to be disrespectful or anything. No, I get uh, it. I just, get it. That, that, Oh, I, I'm gonna hit and miss on this one, but I'm still gonna, you know. It's like he was, you know, he was lunch pail hard hat. Yes, know? that's real it. deal. That's it. Yep. That's why he was so loved. That's why we all loved him because yeah. he made his own guitar. Yeah, you know, it yeah. wasn't like I know Brian May did that also, but no one's done it like like no. Ed did it. You know, no. like I agree. No one ever put that humbucker, or no one ever thought a humbucker should be placed. On uh, a strat, that's right. They carved it out and put it in there, put screws in there to make it just sit upright. You know, amazing. Played a yeah. played a, a tremolo arm like a wizard. Yeah, like a with a wand. Yeah, I mean, and that's I, it. Listen, we've heard everybody, the great Jimi Hendrix, here, mm-hmm. Beck. We've heard them all, but he just was doing things with that thing. Uh, and I love some of the older stuff, the live stuff, where he's using the natural tremolo arm. Mm-hmm. And the stuff was the guitar still out of tune, and he's tuning it and playing and singing. That's the shit. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I know you've seen it too. Yes, I yes. saw one of those the other day. I was going, look at that! <laughs> like 78, 78 from Pasadena, yes. Pacific or something. And I go, oh, this is great. It's still out of tune, but it sounded beautiful. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'm so good. There's so much of the good stuff like that out on YouTube and everything. And the people. Yeah. A lot of people have bootlegs and stuff. We're lucky. There's plenty of stuff yeah. there. Uh, Eddie isn't going to be obscure or anything like that. No, no. But no. those are the endearing things. Uh, yeah. And I'll, I'll end it. with one thing. There's one thing that I saw the other day. He was at, uh, I think it was the uh, American Musical Music Institute. He was um, hmm. a couple years back. And somebody asked him a question. I, I haven't seen this. I didn't actually didn't see that part. But this gentleman asked him a question. Out of all the past musicians that passed away you know that you could jam with who who would it be mm. and he 
had this great look on his face, man. It makes me want to tear up. And he didn't he didn't say anything. He oh, just yeah. goes, my dad. Uh, I had a feeling. And I, oh, man. It, it was just, when I see it now, I can't even watch it anymore because yeah. it's just, because that's the way I feel about my dad. That yeah. guy's still alive. Yeah. And he's kicking his out, kicking. But, you know, I... I that's, that's incredible. You know, His devotion that. to family is pretty yeah. amazing. When you think about yeah, what a tight so, group yeah. he and Al were oh, yeah. and the influence of his dad and his parents, and they were refugees oh, yeah, and all this kind of stuff, and his connection dude, with yeah. Wolfie, it's, yeah. uh, that's pretty intense. I mean, that's... Um, and so happy that he got to play with his son mm -hmm. before he passed away all yeah. those years. Yeah. On stage true. with his son. I mean, that what a blessing that, that is, time. you know? Big time. But he was yep. a fighter. He fought to the very end. He was an uh, angel that was on this earth that, you know, that people that were very fortunate to see him live will never forget. Yeah. And hopefully these films and videos of him and the band playing. Going to Van Halen concerts, I remember when I first saw them, it was just like, you got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. just a, it was so loud and so good and so spot on. It was like, you know, that's where... A lot of the bands came, not to be redundant, but that's where we came out for it. Yeah, no, that's it. That stuff, but taking it to another level, you know, and that's what Ed did. Everything he took to another level. Every album was, there's always some new trick or some new rad thing that that's he's it. doing. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. but there you go. They're ground zero for really the entire Sunset Strip, hair metal, whatever you want to call that scene. All the, the 80s hard rock that came, they were like ground zero. That's where... Yeah. They were the inspiration for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mark, for talking with me. I'm going to pick a song to close Thank us you out. Thank so much, brother. I'm so glad we did this. You know, I think when people talk, when they think about Eddie being gone, understandably, they think primarily of the DLR years of Van Halen. And sure. I prefer that to Sammy. But Sammy had some great stuff in there, too. And I wanted to play, I'm going to play a song that uh, reminds me of that period because I really like Best of Both Worlds off of 5150. It's got oh, wow. such a great riff. Yes. And then when that riff turns into this really driving heavier riff throughout the song and uh, everyone sounds great in it. So that's, I think that's the one I'm going to pick to play us out. Anyway. You know what? You know what? Even before any of this happened, mm -hmm. when I was on the road traveling, it's like about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, mm -hmm. and you're on the bus and you're exhausted. It's fucking like eighth show in a row mm -hmm. or in a van or, or, or what have you. That song comes on, and I was go, that, guys, that song. It's so beautiful. And yes. I remember hearing that song when the sun's coming up, you know, and six mm -hmm. o'clock in the morning, I'm exhausted, and hearing that and going, this this is the shit right here. Yeah. And the, the, the harmonies at the end. That's beautiful. It is. And the, the words, when it's love. Yes. So, so I, would, I would like to end with that and say, you know what, man? There's one thing that Ed left. This big, giant L-O-V-E stamped on Perfect. everybody's forehead. Perfect. So That's it. And we should carry on with that. We have to love each other a lot more. Everybody. All creeds, all colors, all religions. Because music brings us together. And right now, while we can't have live music, mm -hmm. we have to try to bring this music play. And play Van Halen really loud, man. <laughs> Agreed. For real, for real. <laughs> for real. Because <laughs> they weren't politicians. They were musicians. Yeah. They brought us all together with rock and roll. It's so true. They didn't, they didn't have political uh, uh, platforms and stuff. And 
they 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 led with love and music and fun and yeah. taking you out of that thing that that the that Bullet Boys do and, and other yeah. amazing huger bands than my little band have done for us and you yeah. know we got to keep on and the, and the youth got to keep on with that feeling of rock and roll totally can't good. be so so morose mm-hmm. there's got to be light yeah you know yeah even if it's light like a firefly or <laughs> something light, like a skyrocket that's right whatever light you, you know? can find just shine something. it bright yeah agreed but on that note I do want to say one thing yes uh, you know as far as the bullet points, I'd like to thank everybody for being so loving and so kind during the, this whole COVID uh, lockdowns and everything around the world. Uh, I always pray for everybody that's lost family members through COVID-19. And, and so the rest of the fellas, we're going to hopefully be back playing some live music uh, next year. But me and uh, Jimmy DeAnda have been working on a very secretive project during COVID. Ooh. And uh, we've got some really exciting stuff that we're going to be playing for people very, very soon. We almost have a, almost a full album done. So I'm very, very excited about it. And uh, it's been just an honor and a loving privilege uh, working with Jimmy. He's become uh, uh, an amazing uh, engineer and producer as, as well as just like my favorite drummer in the whole world. Yeah. But we're, we're laying out some stuff, John, that's just, that's so much so the energy is so uplifting and rad and uh, I think people are going to be really surprised when they hear this that's great so, ooh I can't like, wait we're kind of, so I'm dropping that news on you first uh, I haven't nice. uh, really said that to anybody or any interviews but uh, we will be doing a press release very very soon but uh, in the meantime until the stuff with me and Jimmy have this new band and uh, we're really stoked about it I, uh, for all intents and purposes we're trying to keep everything as Fight Club is low, you know, <laughs> right. very low profile, but uh-huh. uh, but uh, the music is just uh, it, it's it's very inspiring and uh, that's great. Stuff that we're doing is you know like we were we were talking on the phone today and saying you know we got to get back at this it. hard yeah you know yeah. next week we're going back in the studio and so we have a lot of you know like this built up positive you know very stuff cool. that we want to get this music done and and get it out to some people so you know we can. Get some uplifting tunes out there, man. You know? That's great. That's great. Something that makes you want to go to the beach and go hang out and maybe have a cold beer and maybe pick up on somebody really, really fine that you never thought that you'd ever hook up with. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Doesn't get oh, any better yeah. than that. Yes. Yeah, you know how we roll. I do. Yeah. I do know it. I do. I love you, John. Thank you for love having you too. me. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for talking with me. It means a lot. All right, Mark Torian, again, such a good guy. I love him too, and I love that he told me he loved me because I love him. It's so nice reconnecting with great people like that, and I'm really glad that he was able to come on and talk to us about his experience with Van Halen and Eddie specifically. As I said in there, this isn't my favorite Van Halen song, but it might be my favorite of the Hagar era. Best of both worlds, just a killer riff. And I think when people, as I said in here, when people think about Eddie dying, they think about the end of the Van Halen that they know and primarily think of, which is the David Lee Roth era. But that also means it's the end of the Sammy Hagar era. And um, there were some great tunes in there, too. So anyway, huge thank you to Mark. And uh, I hope everyone out there is coping and grieving in whatever way they want. We are so lucky to have so much great, fantastic Eddie Van Halen music that will live on. They will live on. Van Halen is not going anywhere. And uh, huge thanks, as always, to Jan Makiewicz for putting everything together. Thank you, buddy, for being my right-hand man. <laughs> 